revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and we are joined by our number one super fan today. Not Ethan Rosenzweig, but Jared Rubin. What's hey, up, Rubes? How's it going, everyone? Let me this just is... say, it would be tough to be a super fan when being the host. I just want to put that out there. It would yeah. be tough, but you would be the person to do it if there were to be a person. Not so sure about that. Rube, yeah. we, we want I am the most avid listener of this show because... And we, we do talk a fair back. amount of shit about you, too. Yeah, so. and I finally can get on the show and defend myself other than texting you guys when Roz comes up with complete BS points about my fantasy football playing. But I was, I was, and I was not pass. totally against you. I was more defending Xander, who you were coming at for low points. We brought you on the show so you could defend yourself a little bit more. I don't really have anything to go after you with today. You haven't done a whole lot. We're all out. Fantasy football is kind of in our rearview mirror, mirror at this point. I can't even speak. I got my wisdom teeth out this week. Hard surgery for me. It was very tough. They put me under for the first time ever in my entire life. Face is still fat. Face is not fat. I'm under yeah, 200 pounds for the first time in yeah. a long time. Not that hard when you're uh, when you're five nine. I'm a good. I'm a strong five eleven. We're gonna go yeah, strong five eleven. But let's <laughs> in heels. Maybe. It, okay. So let's let's get into sports because that's what we do here at the Sporting Edge. And we're gonna start it off. We're gonna switch it up. Usually we finish with the NFL. And let me just get it out of the way now because it is out of the way. It is officially done. For the first time since I was an eighth grader, the Packers will not be in the postseason. And Aaron Rodgers, for the three interceptions he threw, still looked pretty good for a guy coming off of an injury like that. I mean, his passes were a little short, yet he's still in crunch time, put the ball where it needed to be, and an unfortunate fumble from Geronimo Allison ended what was the Packers' tumultuous season. So... I, I I'm, there's two Bears fans sitting next to me. You so get I'm, all out. You done? I I'm curious. When it's when is Cry Week over? Yeah. Cry Week is. Cry week we're in the midst of Cry week, week, and now we're on to Week Two. So we'll cry. We're in the middle of it because there hasn't been another Sunday yet, and I don't even know what to do because for the first time ever, I feel like I have to be similar to a Bears fan and kind of hope for losses so that I have a better draft pick. But well, I but I don't even know the direction to go with this team other than we need defense or a new defensive coordinator. So, if Packers are out. If you're looking for sympathy, you're not going to get it here. I'm I don't not, think I can speak for Xander and me that you're not going to yeah. get much from us because you've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and 
He can go one season without making the playoffs. And okay, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks with only two Super Bowls to that name, and I think that that's large, a lot more than other, a lot of other people have. Th- this is where the talking to Bears fans it's a little challenging. If I was talking to somebody from Pittsburgh or New England, maybe even Dallas, who's now back in the playoff hunt, Zeke returns by the way. And Zeke returns a week too late for our friend Landon, who got eliminated this week by only six points, which could have been made up by a potential Ezekiel Elliott. In fantasy, would you have rather have taken it early and risked not being in playoff contention, or are you totally fine with Zeke missing this time he just missed? I mean, if I had Zeke, I'd be pretty pissed now, and I don't have him in the playoffs. But, but how? But that's... I don't know. Starting, starting the first six weeks without a dominant running back. Let me tell you, because I know what it's like, because I didn't have David Johnson all year long, and that was a big problem for me. I think it put Landon in the position to win, and unfortunately, and for most people who are in the postseason ahead of Zeke, it was unfortunate that if you lost this week, you'd missed out on a chance at the championship, and it could have been helped if Zeke would have obviously taken the suspension a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, he knew what he was getting himself into taking him, because... You get a guy like Ezekiel Elliott in the second round. He's he did take him, I thought, really early. Yeah, he did. Everything being said, and it looked like it was going to work out to perfection. But I also think it hurt the Cowboys outside of fantasy. The Cowboys who are on the outside looking in. No, I know, but does it matter at what point in the season, or was it just going to be a matter of, like, had he gotten this out of the way at the beginning of the season? It was a distraction for 13 weeks. You get it out early. Are you really struggling that much? Especially since, Jared, here you are because you want to trash me for some of the things I've said about Dak Prescott. He has not been impressive. Yeah, he's won his last three. He had a bad three games, and then they have three and three without him. They're not so even in the playoffs as we speak. No, I just well, want to put that out there. Well, they didn't have as good of a year as they did last year. They're going to have to have a lot of things happen for them to get in. And they just, I mean, Zeke's their best player, and that team is a lot different without him. They had a lot of trouble adjusting those first three weeks and then kind of got their legs under him and played well the second three weeks. But Zeke's one of the best running backs, if not the best in football. And it's a big loss when you lose a guy like that. So my, I guess my question at this point is, if Dallas sneaks in to the postseason, which would be tough, they move ahead of what the Packers' opportunity would have been, is Dallas a legitimate threat? To this postseason. And the reason I ask that is because I don't see a lot of threat in the NFC. I don't see Nick Foles being a scary team to play against in the NF or in the NFC playoff side of it. I don't find Case Keenum a threat. And honest to God, I think Jared Goff and Todd Gurley are having outstanding years. I'm not about to put that down, but their first ever playoff experience this is what I'm saying about the Jaguars as well. Blake Bortles, his first playoff experience. I just feel like this is setting up for a cakewalk and I would say cakewalk for who? For the Patriots in the AFC, and for the NFC, I would say this benefits Seattle or Dallas. They just got ran out of. Did did you? Were you only watching the Packers game last Sunday? I did did only. I think you missed one of the biggest beatdowns of the season this year. I want to make a quick point. Seattle has been there before, and that doesn't change their loss that they just had last Sunday. I, I agree. They will have pieces return. For the playoffs, and they have an MVP caliber player in Russell Wilson, who I think has been tremendous in his postseason experience, arguably better than Aaron Rodgers in his postseason experience. And I don't say that very often. So I think this sets up for if you're a fan of the Seahawks or if you're a fan of the Cowboys, it's setting up for teams that have been there before because they're going to be able to slow the game down and they're going to be able to perform in crunch time, which we haven't seen out of most of these teams currently headed towards the postseason. Right. Meanwhile, though, Seattle is also in a little bit of trouble to make the playoffs because you look at the NFC South, 
I mean, you've got New Orleans and Carolina at 10 and 4, Atlanta at 9 and 5, both a game ahead, or the Falcons being a game ahead of the Seahawks. But you have not an automatic but, win. But what's helpful is you've got Carolina playing Atlanta one more time, and you've got Atlanta playing New Orleans. So they're all going to beat on each other. It is really a matter of Seattle being able to win the games ahead of them at this point. And Dallas is a little more out there, but Atlanta is actually another one of those teams. We, I think the easiest route right now is the rematch. I think we see Atlanta, New England in the Super Bowl. Really? I, I disagree. I, I just then don't. give me give me something else here. I think the NFC is completely wide open, but I don't know. I just don't think Atlanta is the same team that they were last year. And like Matt Ryan is not playing at nearly the level that he played at last year. He barely snuck by a Tampa Bay Bucks team who. Or having an absolute nightmare of a season. Can we be done with Hard Knocks, by the way? Every Hard Knocks team that I get hopeful for has yeah, been awful. I mean, they suck this year. But yeah, I don't know. Mean, I just don't think Matt Ryan's playing at that level. If you, if you, if I had to pick a team today in the NFC, I'd probably take Minnesota. But that's not with that much confidence. I think it's completely wide open. Yeah, I agree too. But I, I kind of disagree about the point of having, you know, a rook, not rookies, but. Guys with a little playoff experience. I think these are very good football teams. I think the Rams, um, specifically, not even mentioning Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, you got probably the best defensive player, I think, in the NFL and Aaron Donald. And I think there's no saying what a good defense can't bring you in the playoffs. I think you've seen that time in and time out. Even with Tom Brady, Patriots defense in the playoffs has always been pretty damn good. That's the reason they're always there. Loving the D-tackles. I can't tell you how many times we've heard Aaron Donald's name on this show, but that's all the time we have this segment. Everybody, this is Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. We'll be back, be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and of course, I'm better than ever. I'm taking Xander out of that. You know what? I come back better than ever every week. And I a come little better, a little, a little fatter. Worse this week, you got a fat face. Your Packers are out, so I, don't I think you're better than ever this week. I want to clarify that I do not have the fat face. We will post evidence later in the show to prove that I am still looking young, handsome, and sexy. But we're going to hop back on to the NFL train because I'm a little disturbed with everyone's what they they had to say about the NFC. I I think they're too optimistic here, and I could be wrong. But I the like you said it is wide open. And I, Case Keenum was a backup quarterback. And a guy who's about to make $18 million next year just based off of this one season. This could be a whole Matt Flynn situation all over again. It could be. It could that, not be, though, right? I mean, you, you don't know. Yeah, well, Matt Flynn played one game. Keenum's yeah. played 12 games and looked pretty good. So My question to you different. is, do you compare this Minnesota defense, which I think is the catalyst to this team, to that of the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning. Because if you do, then this team does have the legitimate chance to win it all. I don't. I honestly don't think they're that good. I don't think they have the pass rushers that Denver had. They had DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller. But I do think experience-wise, this is probably the most experienced unit in the NFL. And I think that's why they've had a lot of success this year. Along with Case Keenum. And Latav- guys like Latavius Murray and Jared McKinnon really stepping up in that backfield. I mean, I know that Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs have had great years, but, I mean, the running game has been, a, I think, kind of a compliment that I didn't really see at the beginning of the year with these guys. Latavius Murray, I thought, kind of a bust. Um, a guy who kind of got shipped out of Oakland, was looking to be a great fantasy player, and kind of just got left by the wayside. But, I mean, this, this whole team, I think, is really clicked this year, and I would say probably the best in the NFC um, obviously, I love the Rams. They've been pretty damn good. Eagles losing Carson Wentz. 
you know, I don't really, I'm not going to count them out, but I don't really think that leaves them with a very good outlook. Um, Nick Foles, I mean, could he do it? Yeah, he could, but I, I just, I don't really see it. But like you said, I mean, we, we, there's a lot of toss up in the NFC. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this could be shaping up to be one of those years, like the Giants sneak when they won their two or got to their two Super Bowls and eventually won those. They snuck into the playoffs as a wild card team, and that's what un- could end up happening yeah. this year with a team like Dallas and or I Seattle. I, don't think, I think Seattle sucks. I think I think Dallas gets their best player back, and they've been trending the right direction. Where Seattle just got the doors blown off of them last week. They haven't had the defense. And everyone's injured. Yeah. And, and I mean, not coming back. That's what you so. get with the NFL, too. I mean, it, I think it's a little different than the NBA and the MLB because it's just one game, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you play only play 16 games in the NFL, but during a course of one game, I think a lot more things can happen as opposed to a series. So I think that's where you, you see a team like a giant, uh, New York Giants coming with two Super Bowls as, you know, a wild card team. A lot more variability, I think. You only have to win three or four games. Well, I just want... Real quickly, since we've been harping on the NFC, so Xander's pick of the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl this year will unfortunately not be occurring, but I am actually out as well, as I chose the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. So before we head over to the AFC, we've got Jared here, so we can throw a pick out there. At this moment in time, I need from everybody their NFC pick to be in the Super Bowl. Mine clearly was stated last segment. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons out of the NFC. Xander, I'd love to hear your opinion because your opinions have been great. New York Giants, New York Mets. You're really doing well. <laughs> they were, I mean, not only they weren't great, they were on the opposite end. So at least I'm, you know, I'm hitting one end of the spectrum. Next year. Yeah. Um, you know what? Ta- huge toss up for me, but a team that I would love to see the Los Angeles Rams. Finally got it right. No more St. Louis. Love Jared Goff. I think if they win, you have to buy an Aaron Donald jersey just because you won't stop talking about it. I'd absolutely love to. I actually have, I don't know if he listens to the show, but one of my good friends, Rob Romano, we bought a, uh, a Super Bowl ticket for the Rams winning 30-1. Um, to 1. So got that in my room right now, so I'd love to see that happen. But, you know, I love Sean McVay, what he's done with this team this year. And, of course, Aaron Donald, the man in the middle, number 99 making things happen on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams to take home the NFC title. Yeah. And like I touched on last segment, I'll take the Minnesota Vikings today. I just think they're the most well-rounded team. They don't have that many significant injuries other than, I mean, Delvin Cook, but they've adjusted since then. And that defense is, I'd say, by far the best in the NFC at this point. So I'll go with the Vikings today. But then again, it's so wide open that I could see and I believe happening. we'll change it around once the playoffs actually occur. It's just... I need the outlook now. My season's over, so it's almost like I wanted to see what's going on in the NFL, and that's where we're adjusting to. One more thing. I think a lot of people might be sleeping on the New Orleans Saints. This I mean, is a team, that has, yeah, this team that has won a Super Bowl before. And that's a playoff experience team. Quiet, quietly, I think, quietly having an unbelievable year. I put Atlanta on the edge as they've already beaten the Saints this year. They do play again, so mm-hmm. opinions can change. But I had the AFC, which I don't think really is a question. I think we got a great game. We had a fun game last week with the Patriots and the Steelers, but the Patriots came out victorious again. It's been a tough road for Ben Roethlisberger against this Patriots team. Can we talk a little bit about what is and what is not a catch? I'm over that. that. Is ridiculous. I, it is ridiculous. I, Every I, time. I think it was the right call according to the rule. I just think it's a horrible rule. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, he had the ball for – he went to the ground and it just kind of moved a quarter of an inch. And I just – for, for me, I just like – I don't need the textbook to know what in what is and what is not a catch. I think two feet in is I important. just saw it. He caught the ball and I was like, he was trying to score like – 
in the process of going to the ground and keeping control. I just think it's a ridiculous rule. I thought it was. It's ridiculous. getting more and more technical. Right. And I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but. If we bring up the Des Bryant one, it was not a catch. I, the ball see, touched, it, it the, ball was touched the ground. It bobbled. See, that. I think bobbling I thought a it was different the, I thought it was the same. He never the, had. The same four. concept as the Jesse James. Caught the ball, was going to the ground, and the ball got loose, but he had already caught the ball. I think after you put your hands on and it's clear that you have the ball in your possession, is that is a catch to me. Then he would have been down short of the end zone, which is the final. I would have said if the Regardless, death catch was I, I to be a catch. According to the rule, I think they made the right call, but the Steelers, I think they got a little screwed, I think. like To me, that's a touchdown. There was a tough play in the Packers game. The one where the guy's butt fell clearly on the line and they called it inbounds for some reason. Yeah, well, the Packers... It was not on the line. The he was absolutely on the line. We could watch that 3,000 times the... Commentators his thought left it was on butt line. cheek hit the ground before his right one did. If you say it was on, the I, line. Don't, I don't. Honestly, I don't know how you saw which butt cheek hit faster. You are a master of butts, apparently, and may, you know what? Maybe that's the move. But quickly, the AFC. It's Tom Brady's Super Bowl to win again, in my opinion. And I hope some one of you has an argument to combat me here. This Chiefs team, I have no confidence in because I didn't think that. Because let's go back to what I've been saying. Losers know how to lose, and Phillip Rivers is one of those guys. I've been saying it regardless of what people have thought about this San Diego, my bad, Los Angeles Chargers season. He's terrible. It's he was kinda, awful. It's almost kind of sad at this point. Like I kind of like watching that team. I don't know. They've played so well recently, and they give you hope every nope. year. They do and then in the big hope. games, Rivers throws three picks, and they get the doors blown off of them by the Chiefs like they saw last week. And it's the same thing every week. So. Yeah. But they yeah, can they can slip in. So what I'm looking at is the Chargers can slip into the postseason. That's yeah. how bad the bottom of the AFC but they're is. They're going to have to travel to Jacksonville or or Pittsburgh, and I just don't think they're in the same class as I, I think they lose year. to both those teams as well. I mean, they go to the Jets. I think that could be a loss going East Coast, and then they have a game at Oakland or they host Oakland. I think Oakland's going to still sucks. Yeah. Let's all take it easy on the Oakland sucking train for a second because well, they're yeah. not technically out. Well, this Chiefs team is not any more six impressive. six and eight. Not technically out, though. Yeah, but they're... Neither are the Packers, but... No, Packers on. are tech... They are officially out. Are After they? that Atlanta yeah. win over Tampa, if you were trying to rehash sour grapes right there, you did. What I think is the Bills... What do you think? The Bills are hosting the Patriots this week, because I'm talking no, they're about... They're at New England. They're, they're at New England. I bet. Other way around. They got their asses handed to them rightfully in Buffalo, but... Just as we saw with the Patriots against the Dolphins the second time, it's a quick turnaround. There's a lot of stuff going on with this whole Gronk giving a guy a concussion, which was a very dirty play. I just want to put it that was. in the universe. And he served his time. He served his time. Yeah, and he also- I think the Bills win this week. I'm going to put it. I don't. I'm going to put it out there. I think the Bills are going to steal one so they can help their postseason chances. They've got New England and they've got at Miami. I just want to see anybody that isn't the Los Angeles Chargers hold that sixth spot, and then from there, I just know the Patriots are going to win out, unless you think the Steelers somehow can figure their stuff out against the Patriots. Well, yeah. I mean, we forgot to mention one of the biggest blows in that game, Antonio Brown, leaving the game. He'll be back for the postseason, though, so just yeah. assess that. That's what they Pittsburgh say. Getting, Pittsburgh getting that bye is more and more important now, because if they have to play a first weekend game, he might not be back, or he might be... That much, but there's not a team that scares recovery. me in their first weekend game. Yeah, but you don't want to have to play that game. They can beat the Ravens again and, and again. Go on the road in the second round, and Jacksonville is very underrated this year. They have the best defense in the NFL. I'm not saying that they would beat Pittsburgh. I just can't have Blake Bortles win me a playoff game. It's like the Andy Dalton effect, who will now be potentially a free agent. So Xander, we could try to bring him to the Sporting News because I know how much you love him. I don't know how much. I don't know how much we'd have to pay him to be here. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. We'll see you after the break, everybody.
Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And as irrelevant as me and Xander have claimed this sport to be and this league to be, we do want to we want to address the NBA's. We're coming up to the midway point. We're coming up to those big Christmas Day games that won't be featuring Steph Curry or Isaiah Thomas. But you know what? Are still important because that's one of the best gambling days of the year. I feel Christmas Day basketball. Christmas Day unders. Christmas Day unders. I think betting on Christmas Day is what really gets me up in the morning other than presents. Gets me going more than what about Santa? Does he get you up? (laughs) Santa gets me up. Let me tell you, he doesn't only just go to the Christmas tree. He sneaks into somebody's room and says, hello, boy. And anyways, we're moving forward because we're towards the midway point, like I mentioned. We don't have the Cavs or the Warriors in the number one spot. Also, shout out. To myself for going to my first NBA game in like three years. Wow, went good to, for you. Went went to, to he went to a Bulls night. Magic game the Bulls other night. Bulls Magic game. Sad first row, though. Pretty dope. He felt like an executive, probably. I did feel like an executive. Representing the sporting edge. Yep. Took a nice little we video. Did, yeah, we did a nice little video of Brooke Lopez um, coming up short. You, don't even, you have Robin, no respect to even call him Robin Lopez. I One of the twists. Brooke Lopez is straight. Brooke Lopez, is, he's, in, he's on uh, the Lakers. By the yes. way, in case you didn't know, you were to think about that one. I bit. did. I was. I was pausing because that team's all Lon- Lonzo Lakers. It just works no, out. It's Lavar's Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. But let's just get it quick rundown so you know where we're at. We got the Celtics, the number one. Who Jared today? I was impressed. Said isn't the best team in the East. I don't. I don't think they're not just the best team. I don't think it's even close. Toronto's number two. Who do they have besides Kyrie? I know you're. And the so Cavs are number three. Jason, Dude, Al Horford. But Al Horford's like he's a center that and Gordon Hayward really will come back to a team. Doesn't help in the NBA. Let's days. think about this: if they finish the regular regular season number one, Gordon Hayward progressing a lot faster than most people anticipated, with the potential to re or to show up again in the postseason, the Celtics team could have home field or home court advantage. It it poses a legitimate threat, I think, to the Cavs. And I know you're not thinking because the idea is that there's no NBA Finals that doesn't host LeBron James, and I and trust me, I'm on that board, and I will totally bet that entire way. But I think the Celtics team poses a legitimate threat for the first time in a decade, almost. I disagree. Okay, and I don't really even have to think about it. I just think the Eastern Conference is LeBron's league until he shows any signs of slowing down, and obviously that hasn't happened. And he's getting, he'll get Isaiah Thomas back. We'll see how they gel with each other. But they'll have 40 games or so to get comfortable playing with one another. And I think that once it gets down to crunch time in the playoffs, LeBron plays at his best. And he says that all the time, and it's true. The only team that's really been able to slow him down in the last five years are the Warriors, which could be the best team of all time. 
And I just don't think there's anyone in the East that really poses a threat at this moment to the Cavs. I, I just kind of wonder about Isaiah Thomas and whether he's going to be kind of a burden in the playoffs to this team. I, I think I think you kind of saw last year for the Celtics, while he can score a lot of points and maybe win a game, I, I think he's such a liability on defense. I don't know if he really made this Cavs team better. Not to say that Kyrie is, you know, defensive player of the year, but... I just I just don't know how well this is going to work out, but I, I'm I'm guessing we're going to find out eventually because I think the rest of the East besides the Raptors, my opinion, kind of sucks. Dude, um, there's not like that. Forever. Can't sleep on yeah. the Bucks. The Bucks have the next coming of age player in Giannis Antetokounmpo. They do. They don't have enough around him yet. I Bledsoe, a great addition. I know they just beat the Cavs, and I know that's one game in a regular season, which doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But this is a Bucks team. I think that's one going to steal a round or two. Could is Jabari see, back yet? Jabari's my boy. Jabari is not back yet. I'll get the I'll get the inside maybe, scoop maybe somehow. Like Twenty twenty five, maybe. But I gotta warn you: if you play at Simeon Career Academy basketball wise, and you're thinking about going to pros, you Don't better insure your knees as fast as you can because there's some problem with those with Simeon players translating to the NBA. Besides the point, I really do have faith in this Bucks team, a young team. One or two years away, especially if they can keep all their guys together, along with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I know are in the Western Conference, but also a young team that are one or two years away. I like from the having... Timberwolves a lot better, I think, than the, the Bucks. I'm not sure about that because I. Th- who, who did the Bucks have really besides Anakupo? Yeah. They will have Jabari back. They well, have Eric year. Bledsoe. They have John Henson. They have John Henson. Chris Middleton. They have wow. a team that. And it was the most average team in the <laughs> NBA. And look at the teams LeBron carried to the NBA Finals. Giannis is that next breed. So yes, yeah, I don't. LeBron, I don't know no. if you can say that. What do you mean? look at his statistics this year? I don't need to look at any statistics he's, he's the to second know most, that, a, that a guy is probably not the second coming of the best player to ever play the game. Maybe. Uh, I just like that you I said mean, everything Giannis, up until the maybe right there. Okay, best to, player of this generation. Uh, Giannis still needs to add that layer to his game where he can, if a guy's giving him 10 feet, he can shoot it right over him because he doesn't have that yet. He can't shoot a three-pointer. I mean, maybe in practice he can, but you're not going to give him the ball and let him shoot a three. LeBron's not like a known for a three-point shooter, but down the stretch he can right. throw one in some I have a little more love for the Bucks than you got. don't stats to tell Yeah, I don't care. Like. Whatever, he's averaging one more point, big deal. So the whole thing right. is, is obviously my money would go towards LeBron coming out of the East. But the West now, because where I thought all my money would be on Cannot the Warriors. Wait, let me throw out you got an Eastern more, Conference? More East that Joel Embiid is a bum. He's an absolute bum. I, I can't I agree with that. I think when he is on the court, I think he is one of the, one of the top ten players in the NBA. I 100% agree, but yes, he's only he, on the court about 50% of the he time. He has some injury problems, which if you... I mean, if that's what your definition of a bum is and can't stay healthy, then I agree with you. Yeah, that, that but is. But if we're talking about strictly skills on the court, that guy is a load to stop when he's and on the court. Ben Simmons, I think. If there, I think he is close. I'm not right now, but he might be closer to the second coming of LeBron than Anacumpo is, in my opinion. I think that was atrocious, that statement right there. I don't think that's Are even you, close. Have you watched him play? Have you watched Giannis play? Yes, I LeBron's have watched having, Giannis play. Simmons is having the best. I know he's not a true rookie, but he is having the best rookie season since LeBron. And it's not even, you can't even argue that. We'll see so. when it comes. And he's almost a seven-footer. He can pass the ball better than Giannis, and he's electric. Yeah. Well, Once well that again, shot, we're all I t- think will happen. The, the big problem here with the NBA, and we've said over and over again, we're talking about all these outside teams that just, we won't really know their true potential until LeBron is gone. 
And that's unfortunate because I don't think that's happening anytime soon because, like Brady, LeBron seems to only be getting better with age. There'll come a time where he'll fall off. I mean, he's only 33. I mean, that's older, but it's not 37, 38. I think he's still got four good years probably, but eventually it's going to happen. And I just think the NBA, even though obviously the top three or four teams are the ones that are going to get in the playoffs or late into the playoffs and into the finals, there's just so many talented guys in that league where it is fun to watch if you sit down and watch think, NBA yeah. games. Obviously, I think it's the competition been a better year is a little year. bit sketchy. Well, the West becomes so many good. The West players. to me has become a lot, lot more competition. Like I didn't think that I thought the Warriors could cakewalk again, but then you look at it where the Rockets are. Obviously, it's a regular season, so can't really invest too much into it. The Rockets are number one in the Western Conference, losing their first game with Chris Paul and Harden on the court together. Chris Paul did get hurt at the end of the game. That's a ferocious team that's ready to go. And I think they push the Warriors to potentially six or seven games in the postseason. And then, once again, you can never sleep on Greg Popovich and the Spurs, who are third in the West right now, and they have played most of the season without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, the Spurs, it's just unbelievable how Popovich gets all that out of these guys because they haven't played... 22-10. and Their team, if you look at their roster, without Kawhi Leonard is garbage. Like, they have LaMarcus Aldridge and then a bunch of guys who don't even seem like there should be rotation players in the NBA, and they're third in the Western Conference, and it just doesn't make sense. Now, so you can never count them out. With I would say you never can count them out because of what they've done in the recent postseason, but if you go even more recent, the Warriors have blown out the Spurs in their series. So if that trend continues, then I think you erase... You erase the Spurs really from contention. I know that right now you can't say that, but this Rockets team looks like it's building into that into that piece that could potentially stop the Warriors. I mean, Clint Capella down low adds in a whole other factor. Doesn't allow a whole lot of banging to occur down there, and the but Warriors aren't the a big Warriors bang at all to yeah. begin with. Well, ultimately, Clint Capella is pretty irrelevant in this Rockets versus Warriors. It makes it more difficult for one Curry and Durant to get to the rim and but they don't I mean both of these teams Durant wants to get of to the rim and make a ton of rim. but not you've seen I don't think that's really the case you don't I, I have think you it, not watched him play I have I don't, but with Clint in the middle I think it makes it more difficult but he's also one of the best shooters in the league so he can yeah. just do that too it's not, it's not like Clint Capella so, is going to be the reason that Kevin Durant's not effective in an NBA playoff I think he's game. pretty irrelevant when we're talking about this game so then who? Then what are your factors that lead you to think? Because before we came on air, you believe the Rockets had a legitimate chance to knock yeah, off. I do. So not then, because of that. So I think James who's Harden, defending? Harden's not going to defend Durant no, in I any better think, situation. I think when these two teams match up with each other, it's not going to be a matter of who can defend who. It's going to be what team can outscore the other one. Because the Rockets, if you watch them play, they just shoot th- three after three after three after three, and they got guys that can make them. So. Obviously, you live and die by the three, but if a team like that gets hot for five or six games, who knows? They could have a chance. Obviously, the Warriors shoot the ball as well as they do, but you never know. I mean, obviously, if you still told me to pick today, I'd take the Warriors because they're once-in-a-generation team. But this Rockets team winning 14 in a row with Paul and Harden together, who knows what the skies, what the limits could be. Again, regular season, so we'll see. Plus, the Warriors are way better defensively than that of the Rockets. We'll be back after the break, everybody. This is Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm.
What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and we're back, and we got to talk a little baseball because we got some postseason hot stove going on. Orioles trying like to cold stove, trying to foist, <laughs> trying to foist Manny oh, Machado. We're back on the curb. We're going to bring you a new curb word every single week. Yeah. If you're a curb um, fan, you'll hear it. Yeah, so we got a couple things going on. We got Garrett Cole possibly working on a deal to the Yankees. Like I mentioned, Manny Machado, is he going to stay in Baltimore? Is he going to leave? Um, Derek Jeter. What's he doing to the league? Is he working for the Yankees? This is a lot like, of stuff is going on right now. Kind of like a right Bill now. Belichick-esque feel where he sends his coaches out into the league to kind of maybe tear it up a little bit so that it's easier to ride for the Patriots. I think that's what the Yankees now have in Derek Jeter. <laughs> they might. And what what a team to pick. You know, the Marlins, a couple of young superstars on that team that could be dealt. And look, they're, they're gone. Ozuna, Stanton. To the Cardinals, to say the least. I mean, that's an awesome landing spot for them. I mean, I mean they, who's in it? Yelich is next. They're getting, yeah. Talks are they'll keep Yelich. Yeah, now the talks are they're not, though. So well, I think they're cleaning the house. They're getting rid of everyone. And he claims this is still not a rebuild. What do you, what do you have well, left that's, that's built? That's ridiculous. Of course it's a rebuild. I think the fact I don't think it's a rebuild yet. There's the wrecking ball is still out there. <laughs> it's still, it's the so, dude, Miley Cyrus is hopping on for the ride, and she is swinging around. Built. Yeah, but I think the... I guess the speculation of him actually working for the Yankees. I, don't, I mean, I think that's completely ridiculous, but... I do too, but I it's think, just kind of fun. Yeah, it is. But I think in the end, Jeter, I think what he did to the team isn't as bad as how he's responded with the media and stuff like that. I think ultimately this had to happen to the Marlins. They were in way over their head. It's a small market team with a bunch of big name, or not huge, I mean, Stanton obviously a huge name, and then a bunch of these guys that are up and coming stars, and they can't afford to pay him, so. Jeter just kind of had to come in, and he told the Marlins they were going to do this when he bought the team, and he completely cleaned house. I think where people are getting angry at him is how he's responded to the media. He hasn't really given people straight answers, and he's kind of hidden from this, and kind of just, I guess, like, people have seen him out at, like, I guess, uh, different games and stuff like that. He was at, like, a Dolphins game and stuff like that, and people kind of just want answers out of him. I just don't think. That well, he held he a is. town hall meeting that didn't go. Marlins, yeah. Marlins man, not renewing his Marlins season tickets. I he, wouldn't either. He's on a new team. He can spend as much money as he wants. So, but I yeah. just think Jeter hasn't responded well with the media, and this is the first time he's been under any scrutiny in his career, which is why I don't think he really knows how to respond yet. Yeah, and I, I would agree that I don't think this Marlins team was really going anywhere special. Well, I have a, I have a weird question, and yeah. I don't know if it's inappropriate or not, but Jose Fernandez. Stay, if he is still alive today, is this team on a better track to making a postseason run? I I of think course. absolutely one of the best pitchers in baseball. Okay, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think, but that's, they still that's would, they major. still would need they need other compliments to that, and they didn't have that. So that's well, a, that's a, we're in a two year span from this have, occurring. I mean, it's hard to, when you take an ace off of a team. It's I mean it's, it's hard needs, to look it would at be interesting it. to see what Jeter did did or would have done with this team had it been with a Jose Fernandez. Maybe he even well, would, deals- would it have ever been sold. Yeah, who knows? I mean you can't go I, back yeah. that down that road. But I, I'm yeah. just curious. Well, I'm course, just I'm, I'm just curious sad. too, but you, that's so that's so many dominoes that would have had right. to fall I, I think the starting pitching, you know, is not you know, is not there obviously Can you name their ace? No. Yeah, yeah could I. I mean they don't have I think so. I think the Marlins now just downgraded to uh this, they're going to be. I mean, they're going to be like a triple A team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's rough. When I mean, you in the end, that had to happen. They have no one show up to their games, and they yeah. don't have the money to pay these guys. They're not making. In the end, it's still a business. Jeter's buying a team to make money, 
and he can't yeah. make money if his payroll is whatever five hundred million dollars. So he had to do this. I feel it, but let's let's step away from Jeter helping the Yankees. I mean the Marlins, but Orioles. I think are in a tough situation now. Jared has the information on what they're asking for Machado, but I think, and this might not correlate, but Zach Britton getting hurt hurts them in this situation as well. They're going to lose all these players regardless next year. And unless the Orioles are really that prepared to just be an absolute dead team as well, another AAA team, they need to start shipping and start getting some players back. Maybe not as many players as they're expecting. I mean, Rube, what you told me about the... Cubs offers a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. I've heard the Orioles are are asking. They were at least for an example for the Cubs. They're asking for Addison Russell, Mike Montgomery, and Albert Almora for one year of Manny Machado, which is pretty ridiculous. For one uh, year, that's a little tough. I I like the idea of the Addison for Machado swap, yeah, but, but that's Almora. I think is one of the better outfielders we have, and would be really good looking next to a guy named Bryce Harper. A year, in a year to come, so we're still holding out faith or hope there. I think they can't ask for that much. There's people know that he's going to be. The Yankees don't really care because well, they'll they have can a, ask for as much as they want. But they're not going to. What I mean is they're not going to get anything back, and they need they something. Know. They need pieces back. They need prospects. Unless they are confident enough in their prospect pool right now, they need stuff back. Nobody's coming back to Baltimore after this season. And I didn't hear how it happened, but Zach Britton with an Achilles injury. That I guess it was just a workout injury or something like that. But maybe playing basketball. I just I want everyone to stay woke out there. Pick up basketball, very fun activity that a lot of people get injured playing in the off season, professional sports wise. Just want to put that out there. Well, it's, I mean, the, maybe the, was, and that's pretty realistic. I, I just want to. Yeah, it could be. But. Yeah, but I mean, regardless of Machado, Orioles to me is similar problem to the Marlins. No pitching, no starting pitching. Yeah. You don't like Bundy? I thought he. But you know, Bunny's, Bunny's okay. Young, he's their best pitcher, and he's an average MLB pitcher. Right, so a young guy. But I mean, yeah. a guy like Chris Tillman, um, Kevin Gausman. They suck. They just yeah. They we didn't right. like him when we saw them in Milwaukee this past summer. They, they Looks stink. like a dead team. Um, and you know, there's 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 really not much you can Jonathan do in the MLB Scoop, without at least two very solid starting pitchers, if not three. Orioles just don't have it. Um, yeah, I think it'd be wise to try and get out from under Machado, but it sounds like the reports are that they're going to hang on to him now and maybe trade him at the trade deadline or not at all, and then they'll lose him for nothing. So I just think it's kind of a mess. Is he a restricted? Is he in restricted? Unrestricted no, free agent. So it's an interesting. If, he's if we can get all the way around to the next free agency, it's awesome. Let's just put it like Harper and Machado level awesome. It's you know, those are two of the top players in the, in Major League Baseball. So they were they were two of your top five. I think have we brought up um, Evan Longoria to the Giants? Yeah, that's a big deal. But I think it's a I solid don't... move for the Giants. Obviously, they had one of their worst years in recent memory last year. And, and Pablo Sandoval can only I can only imagine he's near five hundred pounds. Yeah, well, that's an afterthought at this point. He hasn't been good in four years. But, but this is replacing that is replacing that whole player. They did give up. A very good prospect in this deal, and Christian Arroyo, who's supposed to be one of the best prospects in baseball. But mm-hmm. I think this is still a Giants team that has the makeup that they had when they've made deep postseason runs in the past. They haven't really lost much from those teams. And I think if they have a healthy starting rotation, which starts with Madison Bumgarner and then falling into place from there, I think they could be right back where they normally are next year. And this Longoria move only makes them that much better. Right. I, I agree. I think the Giants to me are a team that you just can never count out because they have won three World Series and I think, what was it, the past like eight or nine years. And when you have a guy like Madison Bumgarner who's proven that he might be the best postseason pitcher of all time, 
you know, I, those are those are two main recipes for me that, that could be successful. I know they had a terrible year, but like Jared said, still a lot of the same pieces there, and it only takes one or you know maybe one starting pitcher to have an unreal season. Um, they could definitely make a run in the NL. Lagoria, thirty-two years old, yeah. entering his tenth year. Mm-hmm. It's not over. The career is not yeah, over by any means. Over, I think had a bit of a slump last year. I'll be honest with you. Twenty home runs. 20, or 85, what am I looking at? I'm looking at the wrong stats. I apologize. But anyways, he was batting 261 with a 737 OPS. Not outstanding, but again, productive, I, produ- productive, and I think that's something the Giants need. I didn't think the Giants would have the year they had this year, and I don't think it's going to. And I don't think it's going to. Or it's, I don't think it's going to be the same this season. I think they're going to be back towards the top in a very good division, mind you. I mean, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies. They're still going to be there as yeah, well as, obviously, the Dodgers. Dodgers at the top spot. And those Dodgers should be angry about losing the World Series. But I think the Giants will bounce back. I think this is a scary division, and not enough teams make them Major League Baseball playoffs, but that's how people like it. So I think it does kind of depend a little bit on him bouncing back from a slump to make this trade worthwhile, especially with, like you said, the prospect they gave up. But like the Giants, we're out of here. That's all the time we have, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else you can find us. Have a fantastic weekend. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.